Welcome to That Anthro Podcast, the podcast dedicated to anthropology. Together, each week, we will be learning from the experts and researchers that are researching our pasts and today's problems. My name is Gabriella Campbell, and I'll be interviewing a new guest each week to bring to you the latest and greatest in anthropology, based right here out of Santa Barbara. Join me for weekly episodes, whether you're an anthropology buff or looking to learn something new. Welcome to That Anthro Podcast. And now, a word about the sponsor of our podcast, Anchor. Hey everyone, welcome back to That Anthro Podcast. My name is Gabriella Campbell, and I am the host and creator of this wonderful podcast where all we do is talk about anthropology, except for today. (laughs) Today, we're going to have a much-needed kind of catch-up episode. I'm going to let you guys know what's going on in my life, which I think will be fun, too, for some of my, like, family members that uh, don't, I don't chat to as much that listen to my podcast every week, so thank you. You guys are going to get the full rundown right now. So, and then also, I realize that we have a lot of new listeners who have no idea who I am, and, you know, the episodes are mostly about the guests, so you're not really hearing a lot about me behind the microphone. I was going to say behind the camera, but I'm behind the microphone. Anyway, so actually, as I am recording this, I launched the podcast three months ago this week on July 15th, which is crazy. Um, First of all, what is time during this pandemic? And second of all, uh, I can't believe it. Three months and 13 episodes in. What the heck? Like, it feels like literally just yesterday I had this idea, you know, I was bored And online classes were, you know, making do, but I just really wanted, like, I missed the deeper level of engagement and conversation that I was having in class with my fellow uh, students and my TAs and my professors learning, you know, about my professor's experiences in anthropology and their field work and just in general, like, it's so impactful to have that. And so, you know, I started the podcast and I've been so, so happy to have it. And also guys, um, I had a goal for the end of the year to reach a thousand listens and we reached that this week. So that was exciting. Kind of fun. I like, I re- I'm a goal oriented. Well, I wouldn't say I'm goal oriented, but I always um, have enjoyed, um, like writing out my goals and then like checking them off. It's a very satisfying thing for me. So, you know, thousand listens, pretty cool. Thanks for listening guys. All right. So The first update that I'm going to give you guys in my life is about my buddy, my dog, my roommate, Miss Daisy May. Uh, Yes, for those of you that don't know, I adopted a six-year-old American Eskimo dog four four months ago. Wow, crazy. Four months ago in June, and I named her Daisy, Daisy May, uh, because she has the most beautiful, delicate little features, and I thought someone that fancy and beautiful deserved a second name. So she was originally Daisy, but now she's Daisy May. Anyway, um, the reason I discuss her and like bring her up so much is because she is like such a, such a big part of my life. I think anyone who has, um, gotten a dog, but particularly rescued or adopted, um, it's, it's, you know, when, when I adopted her, she had been abandoned and she had been neglected and, you know, her, 
her fur, her nails, her ears, her teeth were all in such bad shape and dealing with some health issues. So, you know, she had a lot of fears. She was scared of stairs. And, you know, in these past four months, she's totally blossomed and come out of her shell. And she's so confident now and getting a lot more independent. You know, she started not always having to be by my side. Sometimes she'll go in the other room, you know, or she'll take her nap in her bed, not necessarily like right by my side. And, you know, so I just feel really blessed that I get to be her dog mom and to take care of her. She's just such a love bug. So yeah, that's, that's my little Daisy update for everyone. Uh, if you want to see a picture of Daisy, I have some pictures of her on the That Anthro Podcast Instagram. Um, and all right, so what's going on with like me classes wise? Um, I'm taking three classes this quarter. I'm taking the Cultural Development of Mesoamerica. I'm taking Writing for Humanities and Advanced Methods in Skeletal Analysis. And I am also TAing for Osteology, which has been really uh, fun because I only took that class about a year and a half ago. And so it's been really enjoyable to be on the other side of it. And I think that it's definitely helping me understand uh, the subject more and also come up with interesting ways to, you know, help the professor during these times of online classes because trying to, you know, teach a, a lab class online is really difficult. So I definitely am really appreciative of that and it's been a really good experience. <laughs> Could you hear the page of my notebook flip? Anyway, yeah, I have notes here because I don't normally record alone. And so it's very interesting talking into the mic like this. I kind of feel like I'm on a radio show or like broadcasting, but then I always remember, you know, I can go back and edit it. Anyway, so I've been trying to orient my school days, um, working like nine to five if I can, you know, waking up and doing my work until five, obviously not all the way through. I really wish I could say I was that dedicated, but I'm not. Well, I suppose if I needed, uh, if I had something to do, but so far in the quarter, I haven't had too much work yet. Anyway, So I've been going to coffee shops to do my work a lot. And my current favorite, any of you SB locals, you have to try it, is um, the Dean Coffee Shop. It's so good. Um, My favorite is their blood orange iced tea. It's very, well, it's very reasonably priced. And they give you free refills. And it's already in a huge cup. Like, it's, it's amazing. They have such nice, like, outdoor seating. And then the next place that I really have been wanting to try is, and I'll let you guys know how it is, with my friend Natalie is we're going to go to the Hustle and Grind Coffee Company, which just opened and they have, they're using Kaje coffee. Um, and then also like they're locally sourcing their menu for their food items. So that's, that's amazing. Um, and yeah, I want to check, check that out. So the other thing, the other big thing that's new in my life is I am recording on a brand new podcast microphone. Guys, I've had it for a couple weeks now, and I've been struggling. I've been struggling with the old platform that I used to record on, too. And so we have graduated into the big kid realm of podcasting. I'm now podcasting from the Zencaster platform and, you know, recording into this nice microphone. So hopefully the audio quality will be better from here on out. I was having some issues with overlapping audio clips. Like in the episode with Dr. Vanderwerker, I had to cut some out at the end because when I would ask a question, 
for some reason, I don't know if it was the internet or the recording, but it was overlapping our audio. So it would sound like she was talking over me and interrupting me, which she very much was not, but it was some of the nicest parts of our conversation I ended up having to cut out. So yeah, now we're moving on to bigger and better things in the podcasting world, a bit more um, tech savvy over here. Yeah, I'm not very tech savvy. I'm Gen Z and I'm not very tech savvy. Anyway, Oh, and my other news in the podcast realm is, guys, I made a fellow podcaster friend, the lovely Gabby LaPera from the Anthrobiology podcast. We're both Gabbies. She spells it with one B. I do it with two Bs. And then she's Gabriella with one L, and I'm Gabriella with two Ls. Anyway, she's wonderful. That podcast is wonderful. And it's so funny. I had not listened to it before I started my own podcast. And then even though I love podcasts and I had like looked at a lot of ones before I'd never listened to hers. And now it's like, you know, it's my, it's on my weekly rotation when a new episode comes out anyway. So, you know, she also started her podcast this year in 2020 and it's just really nice to have someone to chat with and to get advice from and just someone to kind of like share the journey with. And Gabby also has completed her MA in bioanthropology. So she's helping advise me with all of this grad school craziness that I'm going through, which is the next thing I wanted to talk to you guys about. Starting my junior year means I really need to start considering grad school, and you guys might say, Gabby, it's too early. It's not, trust me. Um, last year, I would I would literally just, I was like, nope, we're not going to think about it. But, you know, this year, it, it's, it's time, so I'm starting to plan, and, you know, Literally, like literally last year, I refused to even like think, think about pursuing graduate school. And now I've got lists, I've got plans, I'm working on a writing sample, I'm working on my CV, I'm applying right now um, to both PhD and MA programs, focusing in the forensic applications of anthropology. So some of them are specifically forensics programs, some of them are biological anthropology programs with an emphasis I was gonna lit. I mean, do you guys want to hear where I'm applying to? You guys can't answer me, so I'm. I'm just gonna tell you. Um, you know, maybe adding a few schools to list before next year. But this is kind of where I'm at right now. The programs that have kind of caught my eye, um, BU, George Mason, University of Hawaii, Manoa, Chico State, University of Florida, Michigan State, potentially um, Arizona State University. I'm not sure about the desert heat. Um, Anyway, so that's going on right now, and that's interesting. I feel a little overwhelmed, especially kind of looking at the differences between MA and PhD programs, but I think that applying to both and then kind of making my decision, like, when the time comes will be the best thing. Also, I just applied to study abroad in Parodica, Italy this summer, so can everyone say a little prayer that I get accepted and that, you know, COVID conditions allow me to go there because that would be so cool. It's like a history, archaeology, study abroad program. So I'd be taking two classes while I was there and it's called the Crossroads of the Mediterranean Culture. So you're really focusing on like how the trades, um, the, the, the trade in the Mediterranean that, you know, transacted this island, like how it affected the history and the archaeological record like of the surrounding areas. So we're going to go to sites like Pompeii. We're going to go to Rome for a day, I believe. I could be wrong about that. And they're even like off- offering to let 
us work on an archaeological dig for a day, which they're not ready for me. I'm going to go in there and I'm going to be like doing my thing. And they're going to be like, have you done this before? Anyway, so I'm, I'm really excited for that. So something else that I was up to recently at the end of September was helping um, on the Montecito Forensics Project, which um, I'm going to kind of, I, talking about this project is um, very sensitive just because, you know, it a lot of lives were lost and this was a project um, it, that was, you know, hoping to recover human remains. So let me explain a little bit about the project. So the Montecito mudslides of January 2018 that happened after the Thomas fire resulted in the tragic death of 23 people. Most victims, as well as their homes, were swept away towards the ocean in a tidal wave of mud and debris. The remains of all except two children, a two-year-old girl and a 17-year-old boy, were recovered. Volunteers from the community searched the bodies, in the, searched for bodies in piles of mud and dirt, moving an estimated 40 million buckets load, but to no avail. One of the mothers called a UCSB, called UCSB seeking the university's expert help. Danielle Curran, assistant professor of anthropology, and other students from her lab have answered and been helping. Over the past year, Dr. Curran, as well as student, other students, have worked with the mother and local authorities and led a, a team of student volunteers to locate the child's remains. Um, our team was special, you know, we specialize in forensic anthropology, and it consists of multidisciplinary group of students specializing in skeletal analysis, geology, soil science, GPS mapping, and archaeological excavations, where we identified search areas, we dug test pits, and we sorted through debris looking for clues. Recently, this um, our team arranged for burial grave dogs and their handlers to come from the canine forensic institute to aid in the search. Dogs are specially trained to identify possible traces of human tissue buried underground. So um, I read that. It, that's kind of just a little um, press release because it, it's important that I don't divulge any sensitive details. Um, my experience working on the project with Dr. Curran and the other students, as well as the mother of one of the victims, was a very, um, very unique experience. Uh, I have to say that I really wasn't expecting my first forensic recovery to take place in Montecito, uh, you know, down the road from where I did my middle school. It breaks my heart. You know, the community was so affected by the mudslides and, you know, just seeing it firsthand and, you know, excavating and seeing this just so much mud and debris still just that got just flattened over because of course they had to rebuild, they had to rebuild houses, they had to clear the mud. So, you know, we worked with the handlers and their dogs to uh, test search areas. And then we ended up excavating certain areas as well. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm just really, really glad that I could be a part of the project because, you know, I, I grew up in Santa Barbara and I, it was, it was members of the community that were lost and, you know, young members I, there was 23 killed in total, but these two bodies that we were looking for were of, you know, sub, sub-adults, juveniles. So I don't, I, it was a great experience in that it was a great field experience. However, it was very emotionally trying and, but it was also emotionally rewarding to be working towards finding them and, you know, laying them to rest with their families. So yeah, that was, that was what I did at the end of, um, 
at end of September with some other students and Dr. Curran. Um, and then, you know, I got to meet all the grave dogs. So it was, they, they, they work. They're such good workers. They are so well-trained. They are so smart. And those dogs, they worked and went, but when they weren't working, we got to pet them and they were very sweet. So that's fun. And then the last thing that I really wanted to talk about today is Christmas. Yes, you heard me right. Christmas. So I think that for this Christmas, well, I don't think, I already know because I've already started doing it. This Christmas, I am focusing on shopping. I just think it's really important to spend our money on companies with products that we believe in, not just products that are convenient. Because there are plenty of companies that are working on being environmentally and um, environmentally friendly and sustainable and reusable, recyclable. So I'm going to share a few of them with you today because. I don't need to go on a whole spiel about why I'm doing this. You guys know why I'm why I'm doing this. We talk about, you know, environmental environmentalism and sustainability on the podcast all the time. You know, this is very important in our world now. So some of the brands that um, I'll be considering shopping for presents for people for for this Christmas include Pila Case. Um, I have a case from them on my phone right now. They are made of they're made of recycled materials and they are 100% compostable and they are the cutest cases too. They have like turtle whale designs. They have, they just introduced a line with military uh, grade drop protection. They're amazing. Another company um, is Pura Vida Bracelets. They're based out of Costa Rica. Local artisans make the, um, make the bracelets. They have bags, they have rings, great place to get gifts. Um, another two local businesses to Ventura that I will be shopping from that both have online websites and they're some of my favorites are uh, the Betty Belts Ring and Jewelry Shop. So they have local sea glass. Well, it's not all local, but a lot of it is sea glass that's found locally. Um, and then it's made with sterling silver into beautiful necklaces, bracelets, earrings, rings. Rings are their big thing. It's where I would say 90% of my jewelry is from. I wear the rings and a necklace every single day. Beautiful. And also Tiki Girl Boutique in downtown Ventura. They also have a wonderful online shop. Um, the lady who owns it, she's a small business owner. She's awesome. <laughs> please please go follow her. I love her. It's at Shop Tiki Girl. She's amazing. Her name's Brianna, and I'm like her, her fan. <laughs> anyway, her husband sells his homemade like cinnamon, cinnamon um, orchata products that are like body lotions, candles, and lip balm. It's called the Cinnamon Collection at the store. Love it. Um, some other places that I, some other brands, Function of Beauty is great for shampoo. I have personally not tried this brand, but I have heard like so many positive reviews about it and their bottles, they they're fully customizable, first of all. And then they send, and then the bottles that they send you are made of um, recycled materials, and then they are recyclable. And then also, um, another company that fits kind of into that same realm is the Girlfriend Collective Company. There, they make the cutest and highest quality, like higher quality than Lululemon, I'm telling you, and they're way cheaper. Leggings, shorts, sports bras it's kind of like um most of it's like athleisure I would say um amazing it's made of recycled materials literally the leggings are like I would have to go look at mine but I think like 85% made of recycled materials it's 
incredible. Another company that is doing great things is the Bombas Sock Company. They, um, every time you buy socks from them, they donate one to homeless people in need. So that's, that's wonderful. The B-O-I-E boy, question mark, face brushes. Oh my gosh, they're amazing. Stop using loofahs. It's like 30 feet of plastic. I found that out and I transitioned to using these, which are made of recycled plastics. Oh, I'm also obsessed with the Eco Tool makeup brushes. Obsessed. Um, The Beauty Blender is the best beauty blender I've ever had. And they're made of recycled and compostable. And they're made of recycled materials and they're compostable. Also, the Sandcloud Towel Company, they do- they donate like a specific percentage um, to ocean protection, um, ocean protection agencies. I don't know why I can't think of what I'm trying to say. Also, Etsy is a great place. Etsy and Redbubble are great places to get local art, um, art, jewelry, stickers, customizable hats from small businesses, right? So then we're supporting, we're putting money into the economy, like where it's going to be beneficial. Obviously buying from black owned businesses is amazing as well. I don't think I have any on this list. Some of the other, um, earring, small owned, like individual artisan making these earrings is the Grace and Moon Designs and then the Noah's Secret Garden, which is a local SB um, jewelry company. It's like resin jewelry, which is my new favorite jewelry jewelry trend. Um, Yeah, I just think that that's a really important thing to start doing because there are just, first of all, so many amazing local and small artisans and businesses that like Betty Belts that create these beautiful products and you know they're just as high of quality and then you're supporting and you're putting your money back into the community or into someone who's trying to grow their business so anyway thanks for listening to my ramble about Christmas presents and sustainable businesses but I I don't know maybe you guys will check any of those out I think they're pretty cool um yeah Thank you so much for listening to this episode. It was a bit rambly, but I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you maybe, you know, feel like you got caught up with my life. So that was, that was the point. And, um, uh, yeah, that's it. You got to hear like three, um, yeah's, but you know, we're done. This is the end of the episode. Talk to you guys later. Talk to you next week.